Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mikey intern Ned Reynolds back in the studio on a Monday morning. Exciting divisional rounds of playoff football. Well, depending on the game that you watched. Uh, Let's start with Saturday's game. First up, the Chiefs took on Jacksonville. And early on, Patrick Mahomes sprained his ankle. And I think every person in this town and in Kansas City collectively held their breath for probably about two minutes straight. No, more than that, because this is more than just an ankle sprain. It's a high ankle sprain, and that is a difference. But we'll get into that in a second. The bottom line for all of those games is the defense is the winner. If you're playing good defense, and the Chiefs certainly did against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a good team. Now, they're not there yet. I compare them to the Cincinnati Bengals of two years ago, maybe three. Slightly improved, getting there, but not quite there yet. Still, pretty doggone good challenge. Kansas City had to put the defense on him, and with Mahomes compromised a little bit, that in and of itself made a big difference in the game. Chiefs won at 27-20. That's a nice win for Kansas City. Very good win, and not an easy win, to say the very least. Okay, <laughs> so prepare for the trip to Atlanta, right? Wrong-o, sports fans. The Chiefs will not be going to Atlanta. Thank you, Cincinnati Bengals, who absolutely dominated the Buffalo Bills yesterday in their game. They're D. You're, you are, literally, every game that was a dominator where you thought, well, they may have a chance, it came down to the defense all day. A Cincy-Bills game last night, the uh, San Francisco Cowboys game. I mean, it was the 49ers put it down on the Cowboys, Happens but it came down to the every single sport. And when you knows. play good defense, doesn't mean you can't play offense. You've got to do that. But when your defense is strong and when you can limit the other teams in their capabilities, you more than often than not are going to get the win. And certainly in the in the Bengals and the Bills game, Buffalo couldn't do anything. Now you say, well, it's snowing. It's snowing for both teams, and they play in the snow. Hell, they're, both teams are, and it wasn't all that much. But the fact of the matter remains, Buffalo could not get anything done, and it was the Bengals' defense is the reason they didn't get anything done. That was a nice win. That was the team the Chiefs didn't want to play in my opinion. The Bengals are awfully tough, folks. They're a good football team, runner-up to Super Bowl champions last year, and I don't think that they're going back. But I tell you, this is this is pretty iffy. You might remember, Mike, we've been talking all season long about how the Chiefs have, from an injury standpoint, been blessed. They haven't had any severe injuries as such. Well, now they do to their leader. He'll play but how effective is he going to be playing? I think the Chiefs will win because their defense is so strong. They're going to they're going to defense Joe Burrow and company a little bit differently from what they have. And Kansas City, Kansas City can still play offense. It's but defense is going to be the difference. I think in this game as the week goes on, we'll talk more about that. Nice win for the Bengals. Okay, in the National Conference. Philadelphia, I must admit to you, they dominated much more than I thought they would. 38-7 over New York. That's a team they played for the third time this year, and they just dominated them. New York couldn't do anything at all. Philadelphia did. A little bit misleading because San Francisco is, is going to play them a whole lot differently in Philadelphia in the first game on Sunday. They flip flop now. The Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals will play the second game around 5.30. We'll get more into that time frame. But Philadelphia was good. San Francisco will be a much different defensive team for uh, Hertz and company. They're, it's going to be limited. I think a very limited scoring game. 
But the fact of the matter remains, San Francisco played really, really well. Dallas, good team, not great, but a good team. Was it all? Was it all field goals? There was maybe a touchdown. Well, at least that kid was making them. You know what I mean? Make at least he was making them. Uh, let's go back to the uh, the Chiefs. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. D's been looking good, um, but Chad Henney, God love him, goes in has the longest drive in Chiefs playoff history as a backup quarterback. Thirty six year old dude. I I believe in him. I I mean, I I I. I hope Mahomes is ready to go. It it still pains me. I'm sitting there watching that game thinking, why did they bring him back in? I think we could have totally beaten Jacksonville with Henny in there. I thought they should have just sat him. It was too much of a risk. Luckily, nothing happened. But to see that guy having to hobble on his left foot trying to make passes into the end zone doesn't make me feel good. That's a $500 investment you got there on the field, boys. You Tell need to you pay attention. about how a high ankle spray. I had one many years ago. And it takes a while to recover from it. It isn't something that he'll get over it next weekend. Uh, that doesn't work that way. High ankle goes, it, it really affects almost up to your knee on the side because it's tissue that's been stretched. Not It's not an ankle sprain. It's a high ankle sprain, and that's a difference because there's been stretching of the ligaments and the tendons almost up to the, the top of the tibia that connects the ankle. So you're, you're affected. Now, will he be pain-free? Can, can he take the pain? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. He's Patrick Mahomes, and he was in there in that game. Of course, he's playing on adrenaline, too. But and cortisone. That, uh, <laughs> I think they limit that, uh, I think. <laughs> he probably had a couple shots around halftime, I can guarantee you. But over and above that is his mindset, and he was dem- – you could see it on the side. Oh, yeah. Demanding, I want back in there. And that's because at the time, while he knew he was hurt, it didn't hurt as bad as it did the next day, I am quite sure. There's swelling. The swelling you can mitigate in some respects with ice and heat treatment and all that, but the damage to the tissue you cannot. That's your body healing. He will be very limited in what he can do laterally, and that's where Patrick Mahomes succeeds, lateral movement. He'll have to stop, and he'll have to plant, and God forbid he gets hit again on that ankle and twists it because it'll, <laughs> it'll really smart if that's the case. Henny, nice job for a series. He was in there and did operate very well. Kansas City's a better team. Their offensive line was better than what Jacksonville could defend. So from that standpoint, uh, that was that was a nice, nice effort on Henny's part. And he's an old pro. He knows what to do, but he doesn't have the skills that Patrick well, Mahomes no. has. Nobody does. No. He's the top quarterback in all of football. That's why I think this is this is going to be a really tough outing. And heaven's sake. Cincinnati can play. Oh, well, yeah, they can, and they can run the ball, and that's what's scary because when you can run the ball, you can do anything you want, looking at snow and, like, the high 20s on Sunday, too, in Kansas City. And so just at, another snowball. Joe Mixon here. here. Here's a kid from Oklahoma, All-America at Oklahoma, and you have Sanji P. Ryan back. These guys can play. They come from a run-oriented offense, although Oklahoma certainly had their passing heroics as well but above all of that it's what Cincinnati can do on their offensive line they can clear the way they can play tough football they do play tough football I think the Chiefs get the win I think and go to the Super Bowl but this one's very dicey so how did our local college basketball teams make out this weekend well it's kind of mixed bag the Missouri State Bears were playing on Saturday moved their game to one o'clock against Southern Illinois and lost it 61 to 57. The Bears just can't seem to get a consistent performance. Here they go up to Des Moines and knock off the number one team, Drake, and come down here. Now keep in mind, Southern Illinois is pretty doggone good. Marcus Damask is a really good player. 
but overall, Southern Illinois, and this is a this is a disparity that does need to be corrected. Southern Illinois had four players in double figures. Bears had two. You've got to mix your scoring a little bit better, and that's where, interestingly enough, the Bears had their problems Saturday. They could not get their offense untracked. Much of that had to do with Southern Illinois playing very good defensive basketball. But the Bears shot for the game uh, 40%. Southern Illinois shot 45%. It was give and take here and there. Salukis led the whole game. Bears could not quite get over that hump and didn't and lost the game. All right, Missouri State plays at home against Illinois-Chicago. That's tomorrow night, Tuesday night at the Great Southern Bank Arena. And Illinois-Chicago might get very good. One win and nine losses, and the Bears have already beaten them once. That was back before Christmas when they played. So this one figures that the Bears can do pretty well against a team that is struggling in their first year in the Missouri Valley Conference. Lady Bears lose on Friday to Belmont. That's uh, Belmont's pretty good. And then run Murray State out of the ballpark yesterday in Kentucky. Murray State, I <laughs> watched a little bit of that game. That Why is Murray State even out here? Those girls don't look like they even want to play. They're backing off and not being aggressive and so forth. And Lady Bears took full advantage of it and win the game going away. Drury teams. Drury teams played William Jewell. I, I beg your pardon. Played Truman State on Saturday Lady Panthers are really, really good. They're 18-1 and one on the year. 18 wins, one loss. Nationally ranked as high as number two in America. They're really good, and they ran a pretty good Truman State team uh, pretty ragged in their ballgame. Panthers are struggling. They lost to Truman State in their ballgame, so it's a split of their Saturday games at the O'Reilly Family Event Center. Now, the Drury teams have a series coming up this week. On Thursday, they're making that long and arduous trip to Bolivar to play Southwest Baptist. That's what, a 30-mile trip up uh, 65. And you get off there at Southwest Baptist, and these Bearcats will be ready. But the Drury teams will be up there to play them, Southwest Baptist and Drury. Two games, ladies and the men, in Bolivar on Thursday night. Always a great rivalry. Hell yeah, it is. Sad to see what happened with the Bears, especially after that win uh, last week. It's just they hate to see it, but you know what happens. It's college basketball. All right, so let's talk about baseball for a second. Hall of Fame election results going to be announced tomorrow night. Who do you think is getting in this year? Well, it could be that nobody gets in. The way this works is that the baseball writers, and there are, a, a give, give or take a few, about 400 who do the voting. They are, they are eligible to do the voting for uh, this particular category, and this is induction of the current level of players. You have 10 years after you've retired, 10 years of eligibility on the ballot. The highest vote total so far of those on the ballot is Scott Rowland, who played for the St. Louis Cardinals. He received 65% of the vote last year. Now, does that mean he'll receive 65% this year? Who knows, because there are other candidates involved. But fact remains that Rowland is the highest level. You need 75% of the vote of the 400, approximately 400 baseball writers to get into the Hall of Fame. It could be that nobody gets in. So does that mean there's no ceremony? No, because you have the old-timers who get in what they call the golden age now, and then you have the media individuals who go into Cooperstown as well. So they'll have, they'll have a representative group there and big crowd. But is it possible that there will be no players on the current ballot inducted? Yes, it is a possibility. We'll find that out tomorrow night. 
And on that note, locally, our Missouri baseball bears at Missouri State are going to be doing their annual fundraiser, which is a very cool thing in a couple weeks. It is February 4th. It's a Saturday night. It is a really big deal. It's at the Bill Road Training Center at Hammonds Field. And this is the, they call it the first pitch. And the Bears open up their season two weeks later. Was that possible? Two weeks later? We're in January. Well, it will be mid-February when they open up. But still, the fact of the matter, the college baseball season will be underway. This fundraiser is really good. The 2003 College World Series team will be honored at this event. That was a really heady time for Keith Gutton and the baseball Bears. And then the special guest will be Jake Berger, who hopefully will be the Chicago White Sox starting third baseman this year, former Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year, All-America, number one draft choice by the White Sox in 2017, and he'll be down here for what will be a very gala evening. It's a lot of fun. There's an auction. There's a celebration. It's a big time, and everybody usually draw six, seven hundred folks to this event. It'll be a nice time. That's Saturday night, February 4th is when they have it. Gates will open at 5.30, and it's first pitch. It's a big deal. Always is, and uh, support our local boys. Ned, have a great day, and I'll see you tomorrow.